This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Sipping Tea, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at the most inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. And I'm Mia. Smoke weed every day. It's still March, in case you forgot. History Month. Hearst, is it national? National Women's History, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. National Women's National History Month. Women's History Month. We're still getting into it. We're yeah. still following up. If you don't remember, you can listen to our first Women's History History Month about Nikki Lewinsky, Nikki the Ninja, <laughs> Nikki the Harajuku Barbie, <laughs> Nikki Minaj. And he got his life. It was a good episode too. I love that was, one. It was good. Yeah. I learned a lot about Nikki. That that bitch is bad. But today it's all about me. I'll be talking about stuff. Yes. So um, we'll get into that. But firstly, because Andrew is a player of games. I want to play a game. I just want to do it all the time. I just, time. I just want to play games. That I should. I, I, I had to add that second part in there. It sounded very weird. It made myself uncomfortable. I like to do it all the time. I, but yeah, play games. Yeah. yeah. No, that's no. Not. This is going down. This has been recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Not like I can edit anything out. You do. You do hold the pen. You do, do hold the power of the eraser. You do. All right, so Women's History Month, I go first, I yes. win. Andrew, <laughs> would you rather okay. would you rather be handsome but stupid? Okay. Or intelligent but ugly? Intelligent but ugly. Who would pick handsome but stupid? Shallow people. But why would you want to be stupid? Shake from Love is Blind. Can we I mean honestly, another episode. <laughs> he would rather be, yeah, I think he would rather be handsome and stupid. Because he's narcissistic. Ayana told him so. Oh, you haven't seen that. No, it's fine. No, I know. I know. I know the tea. I'll get into (laughs) it. Um, Okay. Yeah. So intelligent, but ugly. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Anything else would be, is wrong. It's the wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Handsome, but stupid. (laughs) All right, Andy, your question. Would you rather. No. Have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night. Wait a minute. Or sweat, not sweet maple syrup. (laughs) sweating not sweet maple syrup is sweating salty syrup yeah oh wait i think i think they were just they were just saying that that word is not sweet oh because it might be confusing for people because maple syrup is sweet so like would you ever have i don't know I would rather sweat maple syrup, but that's not the be question. Sticky all the time. No, no, no. I'm not answering it. But I'm just saying, like, if it's not sweet syrup, then, yeah. then aren't you just sweating? Visc- you're sweating yeah. thick salt See, water. The way that they put it, I think, I think they were just they were just defining that that word is not sweet. It's oh, sweat. sweat versus sweet. Yeah, got it. Like, okay. So would you rather sweat this. maple yeah. syrup? Okay. Yeah. So. Hair spaghetti grows? Edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night or sweat maple syrup. Oh, boy, that's weird. So, I yeah, I don't want to be sticky. But then I also think about spaghetti hair. Like, it's is like there sauce? Wet noodles on your hair? Is it just head? plain noodles? Or are they buttered? Like, are they garlic? I mean, just plain, I think. Plain? Is... Are they al dente? Because I feel like if they were mushy, one would get all over your pillowcase. And they just break. But they regrow. Yeah. I mean, I'll take the spaghetti hair because, again, like you said, I don't want to be sticky. Right. That's my nightmare. I hate being sticky. I don't want to be sticky, but I would I would actually rather sweat syrup. I'd rather sweat something sweet but not sticky yeah. than have spaghetti hair. Yeah, but yeah, since yeah. the option is maple syrup, I guess I'll pick spaghetti hair. Yeah. Well, maple syrup is thick. Mm, that's what makes it so good. Like, I feel like you would literally feel it like heavily beating down your face. 
As somebody with really oily skin, though, I feel like I would like sweat out the maple and then I would just like scrape and then put it in a jar, bottle <laughs> it. Meat is maple. Get into it. Four hundred dollars a bottle. Meat is maple. People would buy it too. That's what I'm saying. It's like that one guy. Uh, People buy farts online. Erica Badu made incense made out out of her um, burnt, worn unders underwear, and I think she called it unders? like put unders. I think she called it like her pussy incense or something. Okay, sold out in like thirty seconds. When I tell you, I tried to buy some because yeah. it also had like patchouli and shit. It had all the the stuff you needed. I tried to buy it and it was fully sold out. I would never buy Gwyneth Paltrow's, but Erica Badu, absolutely. I feel like she's tapped into. Mm. I knew Gwyneth Paltrow was lying to us when she said her vagina smelled like rose it was and rose. vetiver. Yeah. First of all, great combination. <laughs> but that's not you, Heffa. That's not you. That's, your na- that's not your natural vagina scent. On a good day, I imagine the best smelling person smelled like just no, no fragrance or nothing. On the best day, it should smell like nothing. It should be like good sushi. You shouldn't have a smell, Gwyneth. You have to do fish. Because I mean, honestly, because it, if it's bad, it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's why you got to go in the seafood route. I know that's bad, but you know, cheesy. You know what I'm talking about. Ew. You guys get it too. Cheesy. Dick cheese. You want to talk about it? No. See? Okay. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not so clean. <laughs> you're not safe you're in not this conversation. Safe. Y'all are just as ball smells. We could have a whole Whoa. conversation about ball smells. That's why you should use things like Crop Preserver by Manscaping. Crop Preserver? Yeah. We should get, we should, honestly, because Manscaped actually has some good shit, we should try to get that sponsorship, because I could use it too. (laughs) I love it. It's like a pH balance lotion that you put down there so you don't smell. For your bits. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you know the gays were the ones who told the straights that this is what you do with your dick and balls. I feel like they had to be taught. This is how you clean them and hold them and handle them and respect them. Respect, respect them. them. Oh boy, men are weird. Anyway, let's get into. Stop talking about phallic objects. Yeah, because it's women's herstory month. Herstory. We're also going to get into a very serious topic about very serious things today. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. So, <laughs> for women's herstory month, I decided to do Mother Jones. Do you know anything about Mother Jones? You know, I've heard the name, but I don't know a lot of facts. Okay. So okay. I'm excited to learn today. All right, let's get into it, Mother. Jones. So her name is actually Mary G. Harris. Okay. Uh, they don't have her birthday. Hey, Miss Harris. Hey, Miss Harris. Isn't that Kamala? Yeah. (laughs) That's how we should greet the VP. Yeah. Hey, Miss Harris. (laughs) So Mary G. Jones, apparently born at some time in 1837. Okay. Um, you go to multiple sites, you don't really get a birth date, but I did see one that showed her as a May first birth okay and i i'm going to say that that's accurate and what year i'm sorry 1837 i mean sadly it makes sense that there wasn't like a an accurate birth record because yeah but they do have her year of baptism is 1837 so that's why they're saying she was probably born that year okay um i'm gonna say she was a may baby i'm going to say she's giving us a lot of Taurus vibes okay um and i fucks with that so i claim her (laughs) i claim her you're welcome to the club (laughs) <laughs> Join me and Adele and the current Queen of England. And Cher. Oh, can we talk about her? I love her so much. <laughs> so much Torian vibes. All right. So Mary G. Harris, sometime yes. 1837, known as Mother Jones from 1897. That's when she got her nickname. Okay. Was an Irish-born American school teacher. All right. Dressmaker. Oh. And she became a prominent union organizer, community organizer, and activist. Oh. She fought the man 
by literally yelling at them. And nice. that's why I love her. Nice. <laughs> She's a woman who it. said, I've had a fucking enough of this shit. <laughs> and she literally just <laughs> yelled at men for like 20 years. And it's great. So uh, in um, when she was about 10 years old, so that would put us around 1847. Okay. Her family moved to the United States, or actually she moved to Canada. They immigrated to Canada from Ireland due to the famine. Okay. So like millions of people who got out of Ireland at that time, she was one of the families that got out of there. They originally immigrated to Canada and she was educated at the Toronto Normal School. Okay. And there she received a free, a completely free education. And they also offered a dollar a month, which, I mean, 1847, so we're talking about a lot. Mm -hmm. They offered a stipend for each semester that a student completed. Okay. Um, which is, I mean, technically a form of socialism. Yeah. If you want to get into it. Um, but she actually did not graduate. Okay. She did a lot of schooling, but she didn't graduate. Okay. Um, after Canada, her family then moved to Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, where she married George E. Jones. He was a member and organizer of the National Union of Iron Molders. So okay. she ended up marrying a good a good man with a good union job. All right. All right. Good stuff. So 1867. Yes. It's a different. It's a different good time. year. Good year. Great times, right? Yellow fever. Not a good year. Through the whole <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee area, right? Oh, no. It was actually a localized epidemic. Pandemic okay. being global, epidemic yeah, yeah, being yeah, regional. Yeah. Um, and it killed her husband, George. Oh, wow. Their three daughters Damn. and their only son, all of their children under the age of five. Jeez. Yeah. So it wiped out her entire family. Wow. Entire family. So she loses everything in the yellow fever epidemic of 1867. She said, fuck this. I'm going to Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. So she moves up to Chicago, okay. opens a, a nice little dress shop. She's a okay. tailor. She's making her little monies. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Great Chicago Fire of 1871 no. decimates all her shit. Burned her entire store down. She loses everything. She's a she's a female business owner. Decimated. Mama Jones can't catch a break. We're talking about a struggle bus. Yeah. Right? So because she was in Chicago during the Great Chicago Fire 1871, she actually was a, a, a big uh, part of the rebuilding of the city. Wow. Because again, I told you, Mother Jones just yells at people until they well, do what I, she tells them to do. I don't know. Like I think it's so inspiring because it's like, so much perseverance from one person oh, you want to talk about the definition of a fighter yeah you just you're 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 leaving ireland because of the famine yeah you come to memphis you go to well you go to canada you get your little education come down to memphis yeah have a little family got you four kids yeah all of them hoes are wiped out yeah then you move to chicago start a little company get you a little money life's starting over things are yeah. good fire wipes that motherfucker out i would have been done honestly like the drive the perseverance i'm like i'm and we're done <laughs> i've officially had apparently I've had enough i'm i'm paying back debts to karma right what did i do right she what, was did, what did honestly, my past life do was it must have been something because she had to leave for famine by the age of 10 true so i mean it, she just came in hot so in rebuilding the city mother jones organized a bunch of strikes for a local labor union known as the knights of labor okay and that was really as far as i could read that was really her first uh foray into unionization and fighting the man like nice. physically fighting the man. Nice. <laughs> um, the union, while she was helping rebuild and everything, it grew to over a million people and became okay. the largest labor union in the country. Wow. And she was, you know, she was helping. She was out there fighting. Yeah. So in 1902, West Virginian District Attorney Reese Blizzard referred to Mother Jones as, quote, the most dangerous woman in America. Oh, okay. Um, at her trial for ignoring a rule that banned meetings by striking minors. So essentially, if you went on strike at this time in the eighteen in nineteen oh two, excuse me, 
if you went on strike for your union for wages, uh, safety, whatever it was, yeah. it was illegal for your union to meet after going on strike. That's the dumbest rule. Labor laws in the early uh, 20th century was rough. They had to fight a lot for us to get our 40 hours a week and to not yeah. have to work when we we're eight years old. I feel like her and Molly Brown would have been good friends. I feel like they probably actually did cross paths. That's I didn't really see anything, but... We'll get into, we'll okay. get into that. Okay. So um, at her trial for ignoring the rule, mm -hmm. uh, Reese Blizzard, the, the district attorney, said, quote, there sits the most dangerous woman in America. She comes into a state where peace and prosperity reign, crooks her finger, and 20,000 contented men lay down their tools and walk out. So basically what the district attorney said was Mother Jones is really dangerous because she's really good at organizing people to strike. And I was like, yeah, I mean, in 1902, yeah. entire business is decimated because 20,000 dudes just said, I'm following that bitch. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful woman. Yeah. So at this time, one of the things that Mother Jones really stood out for on the national uh, or national news was actually she wasn't a prominent supporter of women's suffrage. Okay. Weirdly enough. Um, uh, to quote Mother Jones, she said, quote, you don't need the vote to raise hell. All right. And she opposed a lot of women's suffrage because she thought it was more important to to liberate the working class as opposed to focus on just a, a single gender. If that is not the definition of what women have done for ages, forever. Forever. They always put their needs after. After. Yeah. Somebody else's needs. They always want to help somebody else before they think about themselves. For the the history of women who have taken on a cause and organized and led these type of things, getting more recently and even into Black Lives Matter, right? Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter was started by, I believe, four women, but three of them, I believe, were queer. They started it for black men yeah. because of policing and all of the prison shit. They didn't start it for LGBT women. Yeah. They didn't start it even for their own community. They started yeah. it for the black community as a whole. Yeah. And that's the same thing. She said, you know, women's suffrage is great, mm -hmm. but we need to liberate working class families mm -hmm. before we can be concerned about just the mom mm -hmm. or the daughter or whatever. So she, she kind of stood out for that. Uh, one big thing she was big in the 20th century was she actually organized a lot for child labor laws. Okay. So in the year 1900, one sixth of U.S. children, meaning under the age of 16, yeah. were employed. Okay. So under the age of 16, those kids were working. They were working yeah. in construction. They were building buildings. They were, I don't think they were driving anything. It was 1900. I don't think they had cars yet, but they were steering, you know, horses or some shit. Mm -hmm. They're like nine years old. Yeah. You're like, okay, how is that not illegal? It's not real though. It's 1900. <laughs> so she helped a group of children strikers in okay. the Pennsylvania silk mills. It's wild. I know, right? She helped, and it was women too. These were young female workers um, in the Pennsylvania silk mills. She helped them by actually going to the New Jersey silk mills okay, and then reporting back to Pennsylvania just how much better New Jersey was. So essentially, she went there. She was like, oh, they got water. They got breaks. They get paid. Then yeah. she came to Pennsylvania. She said, you children aren't, aren't getting any of the benefits. Yeah. You should probably strike. Yeah. And then they were like, okay. All right. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. So in 1903, Jones organized what she called a children's crusade. And it was a march from Philadelphia to specifically Oyster Bay, New York City. Okay. I'm sorry, Oyster Bay, New York State. And that was because that was the hometown of President Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. And so she was trying to make, obviously, national news. Yeah. Um, and they were carrying banners that said, we want to go to school and not the mines. I mean. I think that's a good sign. It's an appropriate You're, tw you're 12 years old and you're like, I'd rather read about the Babysitter's Club than go to work for 18 hours a day. I'm 12. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm 12. I'm 12. So like, this is, Hi. this is too much. Hi, I'm a child. This is a lot. This is a lot of pressure. Um, so many of the children at the union headquarters, they were missing fingers. Oh, they had a bunch of physical disabilities. This is factory work yeah, for yeah, eight, yeah. nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kids. So the same shit that's happening at the un- at the Amazon factories yeah. right now, much worse happening to children in yeah. 1903. Um, so the local newspapers, she got pissed. They wouldn't run the story about the children's crusade Why? because uh, the newspapers, their stock was owned by the mill owners. Wow. Well, okay. Right. So they couldn't even like classic. It was just bullshit. Rich yeah. guys own everything. So you can't complain about it. Yeah. So let's talk about Mother Jones' criminal charges. Oh, Just no. a little brief okay. history of okay. fighting the man. Yeah. All right. So you had the Paint Creek, Cabin Creek strike of 1912 in West Virginia. Okay. Mary Jones, or Mary, Mother Jones, arrived in June 1912 of that year. And she okay. worked to organize the strikers, even though there was like a literal like active shooter battle happening. This was a battle. So in the early 20th century, when it came to labor unions and yeah. the fights that they actually had to go through, we're talking about like physical fights. We're talking about guns. We're talking about murder. We're talking about destruction. We're, it's no different than the battle for Texas from Mexico. Like it was a full on war, yeah. except for it's predominantly men who are striking for more money and less death yeah. pretty much. So she shows up. And she was like right in the thick of it. And she was like, well, we can still organize. We can still strike. We can still yell at bitches. Yeah. And so she did. Yeah. <laughs> so they declared martial law in West Virginia at this time in 1912. Okay. Um, it was actually declared twice. And Jones was arrested on February 13th, 1913, and brought in before a military court. Okay. Because when the mills, would, when the workers would go on strike, the mills at this time would actually have armed guards, police, and in some cases, the National Guard. So federal troops were brought in to fight against strikers. It was a completely different time in labor laws. Yeah. She was charged with, in 1913, she was charged with conspiring to commit murder and a bunch of other small charges. They were like, we're going to hit this old bitch with murder and everything else. Yeah. Being a woman, talking too loud, being mean. (laughs) (laughs) And she stood up. And straight up told the judge that she refused to accept the legit- legitimacy of the court martial. <laughs> she said, this, is, this, this shit ain't real. So I don't know you. She said, I'm not guilty because ain't none of this real. What am I going to be guilty of? Standing in a place that don't exist, court martial my ass. Mother Jones was a bad bitch. <laughs> and so she literally got 20 years in the state pen. <laughs> they, they charged her. They, they gave her 20 they years. They locked her up. They gave her 20 years. And then she she immediately got a terrible case of like, will murder a person pneumonia oh so she got really really sick she was actually released after 85 days when senator john kearns of indiana indiana completed a senate review an investigation Mm -hmm. of the coal miners work conditions and determined that this bitch was right yeah these coal miners were right to strike yeah they were working in such horrible conditions that you literally can't lock her up yeah you court-martialed her for the wrong things you should court-martial the coal like the minor the owners. owners. Yeah. 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 So that's what got her out after 85 days. Later, she helped organize a, the Colorado coal miners in the 1913 to 1914 United Mine Workers of America strike against the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company. Okay. Now this one, and we're going to go a deep dive into the Coalfield War of Colorado. This one was a big one because the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company was owned by the Rockefellers. Yeah. So this was, I believe at the time, the richest people or person in america you know it's interesting because molly brown's husband yep worked at or he owned a mine that was also 
partly owned by the Rockefellers. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure Molly Brown and Mother Jones did cross But I think they were mining silver. Silver. Yeah, they were in the silver mines up north. The Coalfield War, the Colorado Coalfield War that Mother Jones did participate in was south. So this is in the Trinidad area. All right, so let's get into the Colorado Coalfield War. Yeah. For the years between, or for the year pretty much, between September 1913 and December 1914. Okay. Uh, there was a major labor labor uprising in southern and central Colorado Front Range. Okay. So for those who don't know, if you look at Colorado and you divide it pretty much in thirds, um, the eastern third is like Kansas. It's all the same. The middle third is where you have the metro area in the, the top middle. Yeah. And then everything in the pretty much western third is like the the Rockies and then the what we call the western slope. Yeah. And <laughs> for those of us who live in the metro area on the eastern side of the mountains. Yeah. You don't go to the Western Slope. No. First of all, you're driving through the mountains. It's so far. It's a lot of driving. Yeah. Like up into the sky. My little car can't handle those hills. <laughs> you need an engine. Yeah. And I ain't got it. I'm you driving a, it. A, like a Toyota Matrix. It's like the shape of a boat, but it has the engine of like a Toyota Corolla. It does have a big, a big engine for the size. Yeah. That's a small engine. Oh, that's small? That's a baby. Little, I thought itty, Corolla bitty, baby. would be bigger. No. Oh, my bad. So actually this one, um, this my current car holds less gas than my Corolla did. Uh, well, yeah, I could see that. I could see that Corolla would have a bigger tank. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. They're wild. Well, I have the original. I have the original 2007 JK Jeep Wrangler. For those who know, you know that motherfucker ain't got no engine. Yeah, it's a big ass truck, but it was the first year that Wrangler came out with four door. So like, let's make a bigger truck, but keep the engine the same size for the two door. <laughs> and so I'll be driving to like fucking Red Rocks, and it's like, all right, bitch, we're going up. Yeah. First gear. I mean, I think I capped out at like 30 miles an hour going up um, one of the mountain, uh, going up I-70. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a right lane bitch when Uh I'm traveling up a hill. But it sucks when it goes down to one lane and then like you just have like this line of people behind you. And I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. And so thankfully people are understanding. (laughs) They understand. Yeah. But then like when when it opens up to two lanes for the passing, I get right over and then everybody's really speeds And then it's like all the Volvos, all of the Suburbans with the big engines, Mm -hmm. all the giant trucks with these massive diesel engines are just Mm -hmm. doing 70 straight up a hill. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you go ahead and burn that. I'm sorry. I have a little car. (laughs) She's trying her hardest. I have a big car, little engine. So she's also trying her hardest. You think I've got the power. I don't. This is a 2007. Thank you so much. And I will keep my 2007 until Wrangler comes out with that goddamn Magneto. They're calling it a Magneto. The electric one? Fully electric. That's fun. Jeep has said they're trying to do it mid. You need to get a Magneto. They're trying to say they're doing it mid-decade, so 2025. You need to custom paint it to be. Purple and teal? Sure. With lightning strikes. Sure. And glitter. I was gonna say blue and yellow, and you can name it Wolverine. But <laughs> no, if I do, if too. I do get my dream Jeep, I'll probably get it custom wrapped in some kind of like mm-hmm. neon or yellow. I like yellow, or just like all like a steely gray, and you just mm. call it Professor X. I do love it. Okay, anyway, back to Women's <laughs> History Month. We're just off. We're just off. Colorado Coalfield War. So, um, the United Mine Workers of America. Uh, organized against the Rockefeller-owned Colorado Fuel and Iron Company due to deadly working conditions and low pay. Okay. People were dying. They weren't making no money. They said, we'll strike. Yeah. Seems fair, right? Yeah. The union was able to come up with a list of seven demands. Okay. But again, because at that time, if you went on strike, it was illegal to meet. Even if you were in a union, they had to do all this in secret. That's wild to me. So their list of seven demands, pretty simple. That tells me that they know that they were wrong. If you're writing state laws, like you're the governor, you're the governor of a state. Yeah. And you've got a union of coal coal miners in yeah. Southern Colorado. And they have a union, which yeah. means they are organized. 
Yeah. And then they go on strike because shit's fucked up. Yeah. And then you say, oh, you went on strike, but you can't meet. You know that the shit was fucked up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then you're writing legislation that proves, I know it's terrible. Yeah. But we still have to limit your ability to make it better. Yeah. And that, my friends, is America. Yeah. Welcome to why we don't have healthcare. Huh. Yeah. Because they know we need it. It's logical. It's common sense. They know we're all dying from stupid, trivial shit. Yeah. Like most people. Anyway. Let's talk about the seven list of demands. Okay. <laughs> yes. Number one, recognition of the union as a bargaining agent. Makes sense. Yeah. Recognize that we exist. Yeah. And we have the right to bargain. Yeah. Fair. Compensation for digging coal at a ton rate based on 2,000 pounds. Okay. Previously, it was based on 2,200 pounds. So okay. they wanted to decrease it. Let's let's start at 2,000. We don't, you, you're, 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 you're killing us. Yeah. 2,200 is a bit much. Let's knock it down to 2,000. Enforcement of the eight-hour workday law. All right. Apparently, it existed was not being enforced. <laughs> oh, good. So the union said, uh, this exists and we would like it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Can we abide by state laws? Right. Like, you have an eight-hour workday, so let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, payment for what they called dead work. So at this time, if you were laying the track, like, mm -hmm. to bring the coal out of the mine or whatever, um, if you were cutting down trees to clear for the track, yeah. Um, so that was timbering. If you were handling impurities, which is to say they would blast the coal out and then you had to remove all the rocks to get the coal, they didn't get paid for that because the companies considered that to be dead work. And I'm sorry, if I'm clearing a forest in southern Colorado, I would like money for cutting down trees and hauling away tons of limber right. I timber. am doing the work so that you can get money. But they called it dead work, and so they didn't pay them for because it. Because they technically Wasn't. were making direct profit off of what they were doing. Yeah, we're not profiting but off of the trees. Were. And we're not profiting off of you laying the track that will then bring the coal out, but we profit off of when the coal when the carts are full of coal. So we'll pay you for that. We're not going to pay you for all the... And I mean, think about it. If it's a new site, right? Mm -hmm. You have to cut the trees, build the track, build the build the containers to put the coal mm -hmm. in. You have to lay it out. You've got to do all this stuff. None of that work is paid for until you start processing coal. So it's just right. a months of free labor. Right. No, the union would like to be paid for that. And I agree. Yeah. I think that's no. fair. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, they would like the weight checkmen to be elected by the workers. So essentially the people who were in charge of weighing the carts of coal were mm -hmm. chosen or picked by the coal uh, mine owners. So then they would pick some ass hat. Yeah. And then, right, you had to do 2,200 pounds. Yeah. So then it would be a 2,500 pound cart, and they would say that it was 1,900. And so the workers were like, we would like the person who does the weighing to be, we One picked of us. him. We picked him. Her, him, and, well, him at that time. We pick him. We know he's going to be legit. He's going to be in the union. Bitch is going to pay me. That's what the union is. Absolutely. Does. They wanted the right to use any store and choose their boarding houses and doctors. This was a time in labor, especially for a lot of what we call blue collar work in the early 20th century, where if you worked for the um, Rockefeller mine, you had to go to Rockefeller doctors. Okay. So when your finger got cut off while cutting down that tree, the doctor would say, no, it didn't. We don't have to pay for that. You didn't lose a finger. What the fuck? I'm like, bitch, I got four on a hand. I got four digits. I promise you I had five. I had five. This one's bleeding right now. It's fresh. So you can see you this. see this, right? <laughs> and the doctor would be like, no, the Rockefellers don't have to pay for that. You don't need That's surgery. Bullshit. So, yeah. And then they also couldn't shop at their own stores. So you're what? a minor. You have a family. Um, and the general store down the street has your daughter's favorite brand of penny candy or something. Mm -hmm. You want to go to that store. But the Rockefellers say you have to go to the other store where they sell the same candy, but it's five cents. And you had to do it because you're employed by the company. So the union said, um, wow. no, I would like to go to Chick-fil-A instead of Burger King. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. And then finally, and this one makes sense, they would like to enforce Colorado's laws, such as mine safety rules, the abolition of what was called scrip. And scrip at the time was a substitute. It's basically a substitute for legal money. Okay. So if you've ever in uh, India, we were talking about this during our uh, Hinduism uh, series, I believe. We talked about chit, like how you could. So so scrip and chit are basically the same thing. And it was a form of credit. Colorado had laws uh, where they didn't allow you to use fake money to buy stuff. But then the Rockefellers would be like, oh, we'll give you Rockefeller dollars. And they're only good at the Rockefeller General Store. And you can only use it at the Rockefeller Doctor or whatever. And you know the prices weren't right. You know the prices were wrong. Here's one Rockefeller dollar. You earn that per month, but you need 10 just to go see the dentist or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I have to work for 10 months with tooth pain before I can go. No. Colorado law says we don't use that. So I would like to follow Colorado law. Colorado's law says no. And so I would like to say no. Colorado says no. Yeah, they win. And then they also wanted to end the company guard system. So, of course, this is... Uh, intense labor, so if they had armed guards. Okay. And the, and the union said, no, thank you. None for us. None for us. So the war uh, was targeted attacks. People got murdered. Um, it was Mur- terrible. Let's talk about Mother Jones's involvement. Yes. Jesse E. Wellborn, who was the president of the Colorado Coal Company, okay. announced that he would not, or I'm sorry, he was a president of the union. He announced that he would not uh, meet with the strikers and that the confrontation would be a strike to the finish. So we're going until... Y'all Everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the day the strike was declared, Mother Jones was in Trinidad, Colorado. Okay. She gave a speech at the town hall, and this was her speech. Quote, rise up and strike. If you're too cowardly, there's enough women in this county to come here and beat the hell out of you. Ah. I told you, she just yelled at people until they did stuff. She returned. She got locked up a couple times. I believe she was uh, jailed in Colorado for this strike 10 times. Wow. While she was out here. Um, in March, after being arrested twice, uh, she was heading back to Trinidad. They had like they expelled her from Southern Colorado. They're like, you yeah. can't be here. So then she would go up north. She'd visit Denver, take a train back down to Trinidad. They would arrest her at the station, kick her out, go back up north, come back down. So she did that a couple times. Hmm. Um, in March of that year, while they were doing the strike, um, she was arrested when she came back into Trinidad. At the time, she was seventy six years old, and okay. she was held for twenty six days in an underground cell. So the pro-union local newspapers in Colorado used this as a rallying cry to get people involved in the strike. Um, And they argued that she was in really horrific cell conditions, that she was, you know, 87 instead of 76. And they made her out to be weaker than she actually was. Okay. And it didn't work because everybody knew that Mother Jones was badass. They were like, no, she's not falling apart in that cell. She's probably yelling at somebody and getting it done. (laughs) You know, she's getting extra meals. Exactly. Like, it's Mother Jones. So... To, to just round it all out, Mother Jones actually did help to end the strike. Okay. Um, it ended in December, ni- in December 1914, but not in a way that you would consider to be positive. Okay. So September 5th, uh, President Wilson received the Secretary of Labor's recommendations and sent that proposed agreement to both sides, the, the mine and the strikers, mm-hmm. um, basically asking for a three-year truce on the stipulation that both sides, uh, sides would uh, cease the acts of intimidation. The National Guard was brought in. There was actually a massacre at Ludlow County, Colorado, in which 20 people were killed by the National Guard working for the the coal mine. Um, And they wanted to, so in this President Wilson agreement, he also wanted to follow Colorado state laws. He basically said, like, we should have a ceasefire, and also you should probably follow the rules of the state. Because that's where you're working. Because that's where you're working. It kind of makes sense. Um, His proposal was brought to a vote in September of that year, and it was approved. By September 22nd, the president of the mine responded uh, stating the company would agree to follow state law 
Okay. Nothing else. He said, fuck all that. We're just, we'll follow state law, but that's it. You're not getting anything else. Um, and following that, negotiations broke down because the striker said, that's not enough. Yeah. I still want to be able to shop in my own store. I still want to be able yeah. to go to my own doctor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, tried again to not to uh, negotiate in November um, after Mother Jones actually sat down and met with uh, the coal company's lead of PR, basically. Okay. So they sent their PR person to Mother Jones. Okay. And they had a conversation. Okay. And then the strike didn't end because Mother Jones probably yelled at him. <laughs> and finally, the strike in Colorado actually did come to an end in December of 1914. Okay. Because the union ran out of money. Oh. That's why it ended. That's sad. Yeah, kind of sad. Not not as glorious as you want it to be, especially yeah. for Mother Jones. But she was involved in negotiations. She rallied the men by saying she'll get their wives to kick their ass. Um, and she was a badass, tough old bitch. This is this Colorado strike is only one of probably dozens of strikes that she led nationwide, That's including crazy. some really big ones. The shirt, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory thing in 1912. She was a part of that. That's okay. one of the national ones. So a lot of a, a lot of the labor laws that we actually have in this country are because of Mother Mother Jones. Wow. And because of her badassness, where she was like, "I'm fighting for everybody, yeah, not just." Women, not yeah. just white people. I'm fighting for everybody who works. Yeah. And we would not have the 40-hour work week. We would not have the child labor laws that we have now. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we have in terms of labor are because of Mother Jones. Oh. So shout out to that angry Irish bitch. Because <laughs> she just yelled at men until they listened to her. And honestly, what a, what a concept. Yeah. If Kamala did that, we'd be a better country. Yeah. Yeah. And you know she could yell at a bitch in Padawan or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Mother Jones, Women's History Month 2022. Yes. Yeah. That's well, all I got. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Sippin' Tea. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sippin' Tea 303. And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at MVP Andy. And you can follow me at Black Girl Jeeping on Instagram. Let us hydrate name of the game is to take a sip of water every single time i say the word podcast i think the name of the game is let us hydrate there you go lastly make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts whether it's spotify iHeartRadio, or apple podcasts you can find our bi-weekly podcast on all major podcast platforms and now i have to pee this has been an mvp podcast my village productions